ESPN Lafayette, 103.3 on the FM, 1420 on the AM. ESPN 1420. KPEL Lafayette. Broadcasting live worldwide as we stream live via our official ESPN 1420 app and online at ESPN1420.com. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of. It's Acadiana's best sports leader. Great Scott. The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prather. Steal the show. On ESPN 1420 and ESPN1420.com. Show ESPN Lafayette. I'm Scott Prather. Norman Locke, host of the Morning Lock In Sundays Whoa. at eight. What's popping? The day he of is, reckoning. He he keeps saying the, the day of reckoning. He he came in here this morning, as expected, just gloating for for some reason. I mean, like I his Cowboys are doing good. They're a good yeah. team. I've never said they weren't. No, no, you haven't. You haven't. Uh, Stephen A. has actually put a num- his number one team in his power rankings, which is horrible. I hate, I hate this because I feel like it's a joke. But so do I. I hate it too, Norman Locke. <laughs> it's a complete travesty that I have to put them at number one. A complete travesty. Scotty Pippen on that other should be ashamed of himself, okay? Sorry. So I need to I, work on my Stephen A. I, I like that we're flying under the radar, that people are keeping us out the top five other than Stephen A. That's when I get scared. Once he starts screaming our name, I, I, I get a little... I need... Angry. See, you're like my portal into sports... How do I put it? National? Yeah, like in sort of like the power rankings and stuff. I mean, I used to follow that stuff like intently, so I'm not I'm not acting like I've never followed it. I don't follow that much anymore. I don't know if it's just a lack of time or it it doesn't... It doesn't create a visceral reaction from me that it maybe did when I was younger. That's not, I mean, I think it sounds lame if you're like, oh, I don't care. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm, power rankings are fine. Like, I do it. Um, so I don't want to, I don't want to put it that way. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't make me react strong anymore. Or maybe it, it would, and that's why I stay away from it. I don't know. For whatever it is, it's probably just being old and having kids. That's what I blame everything <laughs> on. Um, all right, so are you, are you telling me that, that people nationally aren't, aren't, don't think the Cowboys are good? They're not putting them in their top five. They're leaving them right outside the top five. I see a lot of six, a lot of sevens. Um, but I'm okay with that. I am truly am okay with that. It's like, okay, let it keep finding the radars. I mean, the Rams, after making that blockbuster trade, rightfully so, I will pick the Rams, you know, above the Cowboys. But I know after the Bucks losing this week, I think the Cowboys are going to start sliding up in us with a, a – a, Man, when I tell you this win against the Vikings was something that never in my life as a Cowboys fan since the the you know the trio we lose those kind of games. Uh, when Dak Prescott went down there, a lot of winnable games that we could have won that was tight like that that we lost. But 
we won this one. And it, it feels a lot different. This team feels different. Preseason, you know, I, every preseason I say the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl. But this year I really feel it. Okay. You know what? Great expectations can bring great disappointment. But what if you have those expectations every year? I, I mean, I guess <laughs> you, you then, you're, then you're perpetually <laughs> disappointed. Uh, I guess that's how you look at it. You know, when it, ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports. I'm Scott. That's Norm. Let me let me let you guys know. Norm and I are going to be digging into obviously NFL talk. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I've, I've been in many nights. Um, Saints, Cowboys, some unfortunate headlines that do involve football, but I think we can paint a larger message with it. I'll explain that more later. Uh, the Pelicans, UL Hoops, UL football. They're playing tonight. We're going to talk about this game quite a bit. Dr. Brian Maggard, the VP of Intercollegiate Athletics uh, and otherwise known as the athletic director at UL. He'll be in at 730. You got military appreciation game tonight against Georgia State on ESPN, 630. Wear black, show up, be loud, and a game where Georgia State's better than Texas State. Um, they're not better nap. You look at the last couple of home games, the Cajuns have done really well, but you can't stub your toe now because if you stub your toe at any point, you're, you're probably not going to be able to host right. the Sunbelt Conference Championship game, and you want to host. Yes, you do. You want either app or those chickens in your backyard. Yes, you do, and I like chicken. I mean, who, <laughs> who doesn't? Yeah. All right, other than like vegans or people that just don't eat meat. Yeah. Do you know anyone that eats meat but not chicken? No. You either like chicken, but then you separate yourself as, oh, I don't eat dark meat. I don't eat white meat. Oh, no, look. There's nobody who's just like, yeah, I'm just anti-chicken. I mean, give me a hen. I like, the only time I eat white meat is if it's in like a chicken sandwich or like it's like a strip or something from somewhere. But if you're just giving me like grilled chicken, barbecue chicken, fried chicken, I'm just give me the dark meat. No, no, no. I, I got, I got no time for the. Process. I'm a, a a cereal. Give me a three piece spicy, a breast and two wings. Really? Give me the top of the chicken. No, two wings. The, the, wing, the wings the are too small when you're getting there. I, I mean, two thighs and a leg. Yeah, see, that's the, that's my grandpa go to. Oh, he, he's a smart man. He's a smart man. I, I know you were just taking a dig at me. No, no, no. I thought you were just you love to call me old. <laughs> that's his go-to at church. And he's like, give me two peppers, two biscuits, two thighs, and a leg. That's his go-to. Two pep- he gets the peppers? He gets the peppers. Man. All right. <laughs> Tell you what. Uh, ESPN Lafayette. So, getting back to the NFL for a moment. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Is mm-hmm. a reminder that the NFL has does, and will always have double standards. Oh, a thousand percent. When it comes to the rules, and I know I, I know you, you, you know, before you bag on the Saints, I know their fans like to point out, well, the Saints got punished for this and this, and now the, you can, you can, I'm not even going to argue with you. That's true. But if you're expecting them to come down hard on Aaron Rodgers being called out, not only they're not going to do it, they came out yesterday and was like, no, he didn't violate rules. Even though you can read the rule book very specifically that he, in fact, did violate COVID protocol by doing maskless indoor press conferences. As far as the sideline goes, oh, well, you know, but he's social distance. No, let's, let's go look at the sideline of every game. Yeah. He was trying to be, he was trying to create this ruse that he was vaccinated. <laughs> that he was immun, immunized. Yeah, I'm immunized. 
Yeah, Mimi Nasi. Yeah, Mimi Nasi. Yeah. But um, you know, you know, my I'm, girlfriend doesn't take baths. I was. Oh come on now. She doesn't? No, you know that? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's part of the reason it's why. It's fiance, right? It's Woodley? fiance. Yeah, so, so she's she's like super anti-medicine, super like. Really? Wait, wait, but she doesn't take baths? Yeah, she's like, I don't bathe every day. Oh, okay. Well, no, that's okay. Well, neither do I, Norma. <laughs> you said she doesn't take baths. Yeah, she's just like I, mean, I, don't, yeah. I don't bathe every day either. She's just like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't bathe every day. It's not good for your health. Uh, she's like extra. I don't take North American medicine. Okay, she's into she's into Eastern medicine. Okay, she's into alternative medicine. Let's sure. Say I look. I'm not even gonna hate on her for it. I just the thing is, it's like. Carson Wentz, Kirk Cousins, these guys, Lamar Jackson, yeah. like they they were open about a decision. They got very criticized for it, but they were just like they just roll with it. Like they were honest about it. Rodgers tries to create this ruse, gets busted. Now going to miss a game that the Chiefs aren't playing that well. But I mean, it's Jordan Love. It is Jordan and Love. The difference between Jordan Love and Rodgers with the Packers, we're about to see. All of this, and it's like. The NFL's like, no, he didn't violate it. Yeah, he didn't. And everyone immediately was like, wait, he's been doing this all season and y'all don't even care? And the Packers knew? And they're, I'm sure they have. massive outbreak. Like, there's no way. Well, our but, understanding is that in the facility, he's been he's been following all the rules. Okay, so out of the facility in the public's eye, he hasn't. Even if we're to believe what you say. Last week, they, had, they lost all their wide receivers to COVID. Yeah, I know. Well, Devontae Adams caught it, and then another guy was hadn't been vaccinated and he didn't catch it but by rule because he wasn't vaccinated he was a close contact so who's to say aaron Rodgers didn't kick this all off <laughs> or he didn't get it from those trio I mean, who, who, who knows but obviously he, he wasn't it's so, the but, halloween party it was the john wick costume it, it was just too much like, it was awesome that it, he was john wick and he was listening to pooh shiesty it was dude, awesome but you caught covid there the <laughs> memes the memes are the best part of this whole thing. One of them in his costume of wig pointing the gun, and it was just like Ro- Rogers telling the nurse to sign his vaccination card. <laughs> like, one of them was like, "Have you had your coffee this morning?" And it's Rogers' picture. You have been caffeinated. Yeah, <laughs> it just that's really the best part of this. Now, look, he's he's probably going to be fine. I mean, he's healthy. He might have some mild symptoms. I don't. I don't. All that stuff aside, everyone's you know. A few folks were cutting me like, what are you suggesting? Like, he he has to. All, all I'm suggesting is that this is just another reminder that the NFL will have different standards for different players and different teams. And if they like someone, they're going to treat them different now, than Scott, if they don't like them. That, it, it is true, and I agree, but the NBA does the same thing. Wouldn't you agree that the NBA is more lenient on the stars when it comes to flagrants and when it comes to injecting them out of the game? And if it's a player that even is perhaps an all-star but is viewed as sort of a malcontent or somebody that gets a lot of texts or something like that, they're going to boogie cousins, right? Boogie cousins. Different. And the reality is this I'm – I'm, I'm not saying anything that everyone listening doesn't already know. This is true everywhere, folks. This is true everywhere. And, 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 you know, tying it back to the Saints as we, we start talking about their quarterback situation, it's no secret, guys. Roger Goodell can't stand Sean Payton. Now, that doesn't mean that every bad call by a ref is some kind of, some kind of uh, you know, I don't know it, it, what's the word I'm looking for. It's not like, it's, it's not like there's some underground committee that's like whatever we have to do. But if he can punish the Saints a little more when another team like the Steelers is 
dancing in the end zone or celebrating on the sideline without masks. I'm not going to say, oh, well, you're wrong. Like, there are certain people they like. There are certain people they don't like. They didn't like John Gruden. Okay. Now, when you say that the commissioner doesn't like Sean Payton, I'm going to flip it and say how many head coaches like the commissioner? Well, well, I, I don't know that any coaches like the commissioner. But I don't know. But there's only been a few that have reportedly gone after him pretty hard. The commissioner wanted Tom Benson to fire Payton and pressured him big time to do it. This was this was back on the bounty gate yeah. stuff. And Tom refused, and Sean came back, and there were reports that he would... Yeah, I mean, the guy the guy would like... You know, he wore like the, cl- the Goodell Clown t-shirt underneath. I mean, they go... You know how petty Peyton is. I think, yeah. I think other coaches... I don't think any coach likes him, but I think they just like... They don't like him, but they just move on with their life, whereas Peyton makes it a point to I'm, try to give I, it back to him. I feel like Peyton... Has and the a, commissioner a cost him? Cost him eight million dollars. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know anybody else's. I can't like now. You're gonna make me deep dive for other head Go coaches' ahead. beef with with Goodell because I don't see. I see Sean Payton is just he be angry at everybody. Like, it doesn't. It doesn't. He was mad at the fans last. That's week. what I'm saying. It's like he's angry at everybody. It's like when when Sean has something to prove, he's gonna stick with it and go hard until that point is proven. There's different levels of anger though. I mean, you cost someone eight million dollars, Norm. I mean, champagne cost cost some wins for the Saints a lot of times. So I mean, how many eight millions million? Of eight million dollars of salary for for being guilty for for oh, come on. for being guilty. For, it was being guilty, Scott. For do it for doing what other teams were also doing for getting caught. Well, other teams were open about it; they just didn't care. I got caught. It's kind of like this situation, Aaron Rodgers. If you're waiting for the Packers to get popped him to get fined, the team to get fined, the team to lose draft picks, it's not going to happen. What did it cost you? What did it cost you? So what will it cost the Packers? Just a single game here? Because that... I, I, I think I, they win this game. You think they're still beating the Chiefs, the Chiefs in Kansas bad. City? Yeah, but what are the Packers with, with Jordan Love? We we really are about to see. I want to see. I'm excited to see. You know what Jordan loves look like. This like, is how good. Like? This is how good Aaron Rodgers is. Now, granted, this is just betting, and so it tells you how the public feels about it in terms of how much a line moves. The line open in Kansas City was actually a slight favorite. Okay, they were like minus uh, two and a half. Then it it quickly shifted all the way to even because betters were like, oh, I mean. After that Monday night game, they're like, give me the Packers. So now it's an even. Now it's a pick game in Kansas City. After the news came out yesterday, the line has now moved back, and it's Kansas City minus 7.5. That may not seem like a lot. Let me tell you something. For people that follow betting closely, that is a – for a line to move that two much. 2.5 to 7? 2.5 to even, then back to minus 2.5. So just moving from minus 2.5 to even is pretty big, and that's just – I think because it probably opened up poorly. But when it was a pick 'em with Rodgers and now it's minus seven and a half without him, that's a huge, that's a huge, huge movement in like a single day. And I, I, I'm excited to see Jordan Love. I, I want to see year two. Is he, is he that guy? Does he have some skill sets that's translatable? Could he be the future franchise quarterback of the Packers? There's a lot of questions that could be answered because we don't know what Aaron Rodgers is going to do at the end of the season. So, Game one. Let's see what Jordan Love has. See if he got some pizzazz. About to find out. 
I, uh, I'm not going to be able to see that game. That game is at 325. I think it's the afternoon game of the week on Fox. I will be at the Saints game. Oh, Falcons hate week. And my son will be there. It'll be his first ever Saints oh. game in person. So I had to be there. He was going to be there. My parents were taking him. I'm like, all right, I got to. You got to go. You gotta, I, I, I'm going to yeah, be there. Yeah, I'm not. At the last Saints game I was at was a playoff loss. To you got to teach him. To hate Matt Ryan. Oh, he, you gotta, he, he, he gotta, he gotta, no, I'm with respect. That's already been taught. <laughs> On Halloween, I taught him at a young age that the Falcons steal candy from kids. And and my dad overheard him once say it. My dad was at our house. He's like, that's not true. And he's like, yes, it is. Yes, it is. My dad told me it is true. And he's like, Scott, tell him. I'm like, tell him what? I'm being honest like, here. Well, all the Hershey's are missing. He saw me watching the game Sunday, and he's like, we don't like the Bucks." So I'm like, no, nah, we don't really like them. He's like, but they're not as bad as the Falcons, right? I mean, they don't steal candy from kids. <laughs> I was like, that's right, man. Don't let any Falcons near your bag tonight when you're trick-or-treating. That's hilarious. And so so it, Matt Ryan's the boogeyman. Oh, dude. He, he, it's, <laughs> I got him trained good. Now, this has been since he was, like, really young. So he'll see their uniforms, and he'll just go, ugh, that's disgusting. Stop <laughs> this candy. Stop. He'll see the Falcons and be like, ugh, gross. So he gets the full experience. That's funny. We'll see how he does. I don't even know. You know, I don't, you, I don't if you even see the know. Caesar guy, JB Smooth. <laughs> JB Smooth. <laughs> just take the cup from him. I'm tired of seeing promo with him in that damn cup. Let me tell you something about this cup, man. Let me tell you something about this cup. You just start talking. <laughs> the, man, the man lives his life like he's improv. I feel like he just, that guy just improvs everything. Uh, that's how I saw him. He was giving a speech. He's Let me like, tell you something about Caesar. <laughs> he's like, how do you feel about being Caesar? Well, 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 you know, there was Caesars before me, and there'll be Caesars after me. Go Saints. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> that was that what you wrote down? Oh, snap. That's, that's it. No, that's not it. Let me tell you something else, man. When I woke up this morning, got to like get your cardio king. in. Got to get your cardio in. You know, you're the king. You get your cardio in. Then you got to go back. You go drive, but you got to drive safe. You know what I'm saying? You see them flashlights. You don't want to get pulled over by the police. And then whenever they pull you over, they say, hey, what kind of coffee do you drink? What kind of coffee do you drink? Let me ask you. What kind of coffee do you drink? Like, JB, what, where, where, how did we get here? What's, what's going on? Go Saints. All right. <clears throat> On a serious note, um, I, I know I'm preaching to the choir here, and this is only a headline because it's a NFL player. Yeah. Uh, Henry Ruggs III, released by the Raiders. He was very intoxicated. Very. And he killed a woman yes, and her did. dog. Uh, he was driving 156 miles an hour. And don't drink and drive, guys. I don't. I don't care if you've had a little. No if you've had a lot. It's twenty twenty one. Yeah, you've got you so many options. Um, Lyft, <clears throat> Uber, cabs. His NFL career is likely done, and you could say, "Well, Dante Stallworth. Stallworth came back for one year, and he wasn't driving one hundred fifty six, and uh, he ran over at a man that was crossing an interstate." Uh, very sad. He did do... Uh, 11 months. Yeah. It, it, things have changed. When I was young, the Rams had this player who I couldn't stand. His name was Leonard Little. Yeah. Leonard Little killed someone driving drunk and didn't miss a game. Got a contract. Played another 10 years. Uh, now, that was back in 2000. Very different now in 2021. Very different. Um and I mean it when I say, I mean, I'm, I'm praying for Ruggs. That's something he's going to have to live with forever, but certainly for the family. And 
you know, stuff like this happens all the time. It's drawing headlines because of it being a player. But and then you know what? <clears throat> just don't, just, just don't, don't drink a drive, guys. Don't what I, what it. I hate about this story, Scott, is you know, you 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 Henry had friends wherever he was at, and his friends knew that he was too intoxicated to get behind the wheels. You know, it's a bye week. Three's on bye. They're celebrating it. Why did y'all let him get behind the car? You know, where are your friends at in these situations? And when it comes to these NFL players, it's like you need to look around the camp because if, you're, if your friend, who you call your friend, can't take the keys away from you, and that's a problem. You don't, you don't need those type of people around you. No. Because you, it's just, it's, like you said, it's horrible because he's still a kid. You know, this is sophomore season. Um, he's in Sin City. You know, he's in Vegas. Um, it's just, like you said, it's, it's hardball all the way around. It's, it's two to 20-year mandatory. Um, it's bad. And, it's, and the headlines will bring more heat on it. And on top of that, if if we're just talking to you guys, you have Uber, Lyft, whatever. The NFL in 2013, the Players Association, put they, they, they are contracted with rideshare services. Yes, they are. So... It provides free transportation to members. Like, if you're in the NFL, you can get free transportation. That's why I say it's no excuse. So, like, Deontay Harris, he was going through some terrible things. Like, his best friend had died. You know, a lot of bad stuff happened to him. But DUI, it's uncalled for. Uncalled for. And, and, and I know Saints fans love him, and, and fortunately nothing tragic happened. Uh, and I'm just bringing that up because whenever it happens and, and and someone's just arrested for it, the response I feel from a lot of fans is, "Oh, idiot! Now he's going to miss a few games and it's going to hurt our team." Like the focus is so much sports. He saved in this, his life. In this instance, right? In this instance, it's it's an actual terrible tragedy, and um, you know lives are going to be changed forever. And I, I we don't need to spend any more time on it. I just you know if we have a platform, Norm, just to remind people. Don't drink, Don't drink and drive. And drive. Yeah, no. Don't drink and drive. At all. Don't do it. Um, all right. Let's see. Dr. Maggard's coming in. Uh, we're going to talk to him at 730. Don't have time for phone calls right now. Before we bring on Maggard and talk a little UL football, what game on the Cowboys schedule are you nervous about? It was the Cardinals, but... In my mind, it's two things that the situation could go down with. Either that can be battle for uh, the number one seat in the NFC, or the Cardinals could, well, before all these injuries, rest of injuries and that, that bad loss to the Packers, I was thinking maybe they maybe they rest players. You know what I'm saying? It's week 16. They might have everything sold up, might not need to play. But right now, truly, Scott, I don't, there's – there's no game. That, 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 that's why I asked you. There's no because game. Because the Cowboys schedule is like, Saints will have a winning record when you play them, but we'll, we'll get to the Saints in the 8 o'clock hour as far as their quarterback goes. Okay. What the Falcons are not good. No. Washington's not good. No. The Giants aren't good. No. The Eagles aren't good. No. The Broncos aren't good. No. The Chiefs are not good. Let's say it. They're, they're, they're better than other teams on that schedule. They're not as they're not the standard. Their defense is, is atrocious. No, see, I'm not going to let you do that. Scott, the Chiefs are not good. <laughs> and they're 500. They're average. They're, not good. they're average. 
I didn't say they were good. They're average. <laughs> they should be good. They should be good. But they're not. Um, Raiders are good. Raiders are good. Raiders are good. But with everything going around with them, we'll see by the time that, that game comes around. Yeah, it's, it's, it's what, three, three, four weeks from now? Yeah. Three and a half weeks? See what happens. Raiders are good, uh, but that game's in Dallas. I mean, it's the cow. Y'all are going to drop some here and there, but the Cowboys will be fighting for the one seed. And um, Rodgers, if the Packers lose this game to the Chiefs, that could end up being the difference in home field, certainly yeah. playoff seeding. Like, that's going to come back into play here. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. That's why. You know, I'm chilling. I ain't been getting no text messages like my guys say. I ain't been getting no calls, no texts, no mentions, no nothing. It's just amazing how everybody disappears. All the haters disappear when the Cowboys are good. Now, it's, it's what, 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 what you would have told yourself if you were actually debating with yourself and wanted to poke holes in it is, oh, how many teams with a winning record did the Cowboys actually beat? Are they actually any good? I'm not you. I won't do that. Yeah. The schedule is very weak, but the Cowboys are still good. Yeah, and all I'll do I'm is... I'm not I'll, you, though. No, no, you're not me. You, not you, me. Would, you would, if you were trying to debate with yourself, that's where you would go with it. And... You'd be like, oh, weak schedule, so does it prove they're even good? Well, no, that, I, don't, see, I don't do that. That's what you do. That's what, that is what I do. <laughs> and all I would do is look directly. You know, this was a, this a, a expert move that I'll pull. Pull up that same schedule. Right there. Pull up that same schedule and be like, all right, hold on. You beat... How many teams were winning record two? And you're five and what? All right. And then that'd be the end of the conversation. And then you know, I'll just go back. Like, didn't you say you just got whoever you, you play, you just got to play? And then that's the schedule. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. My thing that I, that I taught you last year is that if you looked at all the teams in the playoffs, none of them had a lot of wins against teams with winning records. Yeah. Now, that might be different this year with the 17th game. Certainly won't be the case with the Cowboys. But maybe the 17th game, because you're not going to have any 500 teams unless they tie, maybe it'll it'll alter it a little bit. But uh, you're right. Yeah, most yeah. of the time, you know, your teams that are in there, they'll have a they'll have a few. But the good teams, that's what they're supposed to do. They beat they beat bad teams. Yeah. yeah. Cowboy Super Bowl. All right. Cowboy Super Bowl. You know what happens with with big expectations going, right? I mean, is there any other team other than the Rams that you just, like right now, the AFC, I don't believe in the AFC. Um, I like the Ravens, like the Bills, like the Chargers, but right now, today, week nine NFL, none of those teams No, the better teams are in the NFC, which means it's it's harder. I mean, the competition is more stiff. I'm scared of the Rams. There's not a runaway team in the NFC, but there's some really good, I mean, look, Dallas, Green Bay with Mr. Immunity, <laughs> and, you know, I mean... Rams, uh, Cardinals. Uh, yeah, I got I to gotta start giving it to the Cardinals a little bit, kind of giving them their due. I don't know what it is about Cliff Kingsbury. It's no, just, oh, like, uh, wait till the end of the season, Scott. Uh, I'm with you. I already said, uh, back half of the season, yeah, we're going to see the real Cardinals. You got J.J. White out. You got Hopkins. Ham- Cowboys' biggest worry just is, is their head coach. I'm just telling you. Uh, I'm nope. just telling you. Don't go anywhere. When we come back, it's game day. Cajun Field tonight. Louisiana ranked 24th in your backyard. Number 24, hosting Georgia State. 6.30 kickoff. We got pregame for you today at 4.30 right here on ESPN Lafayette. 103.3 on the FM, 14.20 on the AM. Streaming worldwide via the app. 
you're listening via the stream, it's brought to you by Champagne's Market on the Will Center. Champagne's going the extra mile. Athletic Director Dr. Brian Magger joining us next. We'll talk about that game, a little bit of hoops, conference realignment. He just came back from Atlanta where they had Sunbelt meetings. What were they talking about? More additions? Anything else coming up in the future? We're going to ask him that and more right after this. Welcome back into the great Scott show, ESPN Lafayette. I'm Scott Prather. We are awaiting the arrival of one Dr. Brian Maggard, Louisiana Raging Cajun football tonight. Cajuns taking on Georgia State, who has um, got some balance, balanced team. You know, last year the game went into overtime, went down to the wire. It was... One of the more thrilling wins. You know who scored the game-winning walk-off score in that game? It was one, if I recall correctly, Elijah Mitchell, mm. who is the NFL FedEx Ground Player of the Week this week after his performance. Butt and taking names. Dude, that rock. he has, in five games, 436 yards, I think. He's 350 stud. of those yards have come after contact. Uh, have you been watching the 49ers? It didn't work. The thing is, I hate the 49ers, but I love Eli. Oh, so yeah. it's this weird thing. Um, but no, when they're on, I, I watch to watch him. And uh, I mean, he. I mean, I, I didn't watch the game against the, the Bears much last week, but I saw all the highlights. And I mean, he's off to a great start. If he keeps, if he keeps rushing like that, he'll be in the mix for NFC Rookie of the Year. Honestly, no, because. Honestly. Out of San Francisco backs, loves I mean, to run the ball. It's a Kyle Shanahan system. So he's going to, as long as he stays on the field, Elijah Mitchell's going to keep getting touches a and lot carries. of touches. Yes. Yeah, a lot of touches. And you think about UL football and sort of James Butler and I were talking about this yesterday. The running back. RBU. I mean, if, you, if you're looking at practice squads as well, you got McGuire, Regis. Holly's on IR, mm-hmm. uh, Mitchell's playing, and there's some guys on the roster right now you figure will be playing one day. You, you have Nick Ralston, who is a, a tight end H-back, but he's playing fullback for your Cowboys. Yes, he is. Yes, he Oof. is. Might get a jersey. You get a Ralston jersey? I might get a jersey. Get when a it's jersey. a guy that's like right kind of on and off on the bubble, the risk with that is you don't know if like, okay, he might be back on the team, but... It could be a different number. Correct. You know, correct. like no. next year it might be something totally 28. different. That would be, be pretty cool if you had that jersey. I won't even lie. Even though it's a Cowboys jersey because it would be be a shout-out for the Cajuns, but also like – Who has only, fullbacks jersey? Wait, all, but only like hard – only like a hard, either a UL or like a hardcore Cowboy fan would even know. <laughs> because, you know, there are just some Cowboy fans that just – they just know – of the star players would be like, is is your last name Ralston? Or <laughs> just think it was like a personal jersey of yours. Uh, Dr. Brian Maggard is in the house. 
athletic director for Louisiana's Raging Cajuns. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. I'm well. Morning. Happy Thursday and happy game day. I want happy, to make sure I had the right mic here. Happy game day. No, you got you got the right mic. Excellent. Excellent. Um, but, but before we talk about the military appreciation game and, and, and some UL stuff, just real quick, you know, uh, I was there. Norm was there. Homecoming. I mean, is it fair to say was overall a big success? Huge success. Very thankful to Cajun Nation, to our students. They came out, they showed up, they were loud, they were engaged. It was a fantastic environment, and I believe the 28,000 some change was the 14th largest home home crowd we've had. So, excellent, excellent. Thank you all to attended, and I know we had a a little bit of a, uh, another concession uh, issue. We had a lot of lines backed up. Uh, long story short, and we've, we're working through this, but uh, we had a couple vendors back out at the last minute, and what that does is the people that they would normally take care of, that just push them over to the normal concession lines and it, it created backup. So apologize for that. But that was a couple of those. Those were last minute deals and unfortunate, but we uh, will prepare and plan moving forward as if we'll have cancellations and make sure we're staffed accordingly. So yeah, the, the, the concession snafu, some cancellations last minute on a day where you have homecoming, the parade, right. the parade going through Cajun Field instead of the uh, the older route down, I guess Saint Saint Mary, Saint Mary and Johnston. That's right. You, you think you're going to stick with I this new it. route? I love it. I mean, it, it made a lot of sense. If it were up to me, staying there. <laughs> like me. If, it was, if it were up to me, I would do that. And I, I shared that sentiment because I, I can't count how many people came up to me and and said how much they enjoyed that route. And uh, and so I shared that with our university leadership. And hopefully, moving forward, we'll continue to. To look at that and give that consideration, but but what it does, it it gets people on the footprint automatically. Once they're there, they're going to stay for the most part, right? But it was a great great route. It was short. It was sweet. It was fun. People could line up down Cajun Dome Boulevard mm-hmm. and then on to Reinhardt. It was, it was fantastic. It was a lot of fun. And then they just get to stay. They get to yeah. stay tailgate. You know, you've got your out. beverages in hand. Your tailgate setup is there. You can uh, grab the beads, grab the little footballs, the candy, all that good stuff. But it, I thought it was fantastic. And a shout out to our university leadership for adjusting on a short notice when we had to change that game time. What, what was the thought process to go into the, the reverse tailgate? Well, <coughs> excuse me, because you know, we knew that people wouldn't, weren't going to have a lot of time in the morning to tailgate, right? Um, and, and quite often, you know, the reality is, is, you know, you get out there in the morning and uh, if you only got a couple hours to really settle in and tailgate we wanted people to have more time and make sure they knew that they had all afternoon all evening if they wanted on that west side so and then on on the the additional part of that is what we've had three saturday home games that's all we've had so our tailgaters you know aren't getting the the biggest and best experience this year from a tailgating standpoint so we were just trying to find any thing and any way we could continue to enhance that tailgating experience for our loyal patrons well, Norm was trying to get some of the uh, younger fans and students to do to jump through tables and like the, the Bills some, Mafia. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, how would you feel about that? No comment or yeah, I'd have to understand a little bit okay. better. <laughs> all right, um, all right. So, but hey, you, anything to engage the fans in a safe and fun way. Safe way. I'm, safe I'm way. open. To, I'm open to listening. to Keep it safe. Uh, Dr. Brian Maggard is our guest. ESPN Lafayette. Scott Braith, the Norman Lock. Um, so tailgating. Today, it's Thursday game, midweek game on ESPN. Um, not the traditional Saturday game. And we've, we've discussed it, I would say at this point, at nauseum about the Sunbelt TV contracts. You're good. You're going to mm-hmm. be put 
in the national televised game. It's why you were at 11 a.m. Saturday, which a lot of folks complained about early on, and it turned out they were all grateful for it. I think, I think at the end of the day, it was it, pretty good. It, it, I think uh, people enjoyed it. And you know? the weather was just, it oh, was just, perfect. no, it was beautiful. It, it, was, it was a great success. Yeah. So tonight, what will you deem as successful? What's the challenge? Well, I, I think, uh, again, it, it, it's always just getting people out on a weeknight, you know, to come out. But it's Thursday night, you know. I mean, the weekend kind of starts early. And speaking of weather, it's going to be football weather tonight. It's going to be cool. It's going to be dry. It's going to be, uh, I think, it's just a beautiful night for college football. I was texting Coach Napier this morning. And it's just, it's a, it's a great night for college football. And uh, we get a chance to clinch the West uh, to continue our win streak, right, uh, to get to eight wins. Um, and so... Again, the challenge is just to continue to get people to come out. And uh, we need to keep living in that 20,000-plus space, Mm -hmm. right? And certainly, but it's military appreciation, so come out. You know, show your appreciation for those who do and have served our country. Um, You know, we've got, again, great ticket deals, as always, with the McDonald's Family 4-Pack. You can come out and tailgate, start tailgating. Uh, We actually opened up a couple gates at 8 a.m. this morning, gates 1 and gates 5. So come on out. Just Again, if you can call in and take a vacation day and or take a half a day off or just get there around 4 o'clock. And, take and a half day tomorrow fun. morning. And, uh, Most importainly, <laughs> maybe take the whole day off tomorrow. Tomorrow and just start and, the and weekend And hit it hard off. and have fun tonight. But, you know, do. You know, bring your, bring your uh, warm weather gear because I do think yeah. it's going to get a little bit cool. But that's football weather. It's going to be yes, fun. It is. So wear black tonight? Wear black. It's blackout. And that's another thing. It's national television. So this, this is on the flagship. So, again, another reason why we need a great showing. We've got to have those students show up again. They've been doing a fantastic job. We had over 8,000 students at homecoming. 8,000 students. Wow. That's fantastic. So part of that 28,000, that 28,000 students. I know Norm has said for, for years, move the student tailgate closer. Y'all have, and that's been. Yeah, I think it's been a, you know, a fantastic success. success for us and, you know, credit our student leaders. They've been very engaged the last few years. So, you know, we really, we we went out when we first got here and we were, you know, going on campus and asking the students to come and come and come. And, you know, we got smart really quick and realized that it needed to be an organic uh, growth. And so our student government really got on board. Our SGA president and vice presidents over the past few years have been really engaged in that process and doing a fantastic job of getting all the student groups there. We started a student support organization that's specific to Raging Cajuns Athletics and supporting us. So credit to the students. They are the ones who are doing it. I'd love to say, you know, we're doing it. We're just listening to them. We're supporting them any way we can. And uh, and I think that uh, that moving that tailgate spot was a... And they, they loved it. And I, like Scott said, from 11 a.m., from the early risers that got there at 9 a.m. all the way to 5, 36 o'clock, there's... From the student standpoint, there is no negative feedback from homecoming. Good deal. That's, that's good to hear, and uh, we appreciate them coming out. But we need them again tonight because I'm telling you, I'm getting calls from my AD counterparts letting me know that uh, they feel the UL students behind their bench. Good stuff. That's Dr. Brian Maggard, our guest. Um, you brought up Coach Napier. I, I feel obligated. I have to ask you around this time of year, has anyone contacted you about wanting to talk to him? Is that a common thing or not really? Not really. I mean, it's not. You know, in today's day and age with the um, with the level of jobs that uh, he's getting interest from, um, they, they operate in a pretty stealth mode. And so ideally, you know, you, you would get that courtesy call, but it's it's becoming less and less customary in our industry. You know, it's the, maybe the AD visiting with the agent. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have not heard anything. 
um, and Coach and I have not sat down and, and talked about the uh, – he wants to be, and I want him to stay focused on this season. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, we will sit down at some point and we'll have a conversation just because he always does a great job of filling me in on what he knows and what he hears. And, and so uh, we haven't had that conversation yet, but uh, I know he's locked in on winning the West tonight. He's locked in on winning out so we can host – the championship, and he's Got locked to. in on winning the championship. So I, I can't ask for more than that. Got to, yeah. You, you, we were talking about that earlier, right? The West on the line tonight. You could punch your ticket in a conference championship game, but you have to keep winning to make sure that you get to host it. Um, and hosting a Sun Belt Championship occasion oh. field would be, be fantastic. Tremendous. And that's where we you know we, that you talk about pushing for a, a sellout. We've got to have forty thousand people there on December fourth, two thirty on ESPN. That's that 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 will give the. The city of Lafayette, Louisiana, an opportunity yes, to, to show up. Championship weekend. Um, all right, so tonight's game on the field. Georgia State, I think, uh, a better opponent. And no, no disrespect, but some, you know, Texas State, I think Georgia State, just record-wise, what they bring to the table, stronger at this moment in time. Um, I've seen predictions everywhere from it's going to be close to a blowout, blah, blah, blah. I know you're going to, you know, I know you think an occasion win, but what is your expectation for the game itself tonight? Well, I, I think I expect Georgia State, who always has fantastic athletes and they're a really well coached team, they're going to come and give us a heck of a game. So I think it's going to be a good football game. I think it's going to be, uh, you know, I, I, I hope it's not real close, but I would expect it to be close, to be honest with you. I just think uh, they're a really good football team, they're hungry. Like I said, well-coached, tremendous athletes. And I just go back to, at their place last year, you know, we had to go to overtime to beat them. And so uh, it's uh, it's just going to be a game that we're going to have to come out and play well to win. ESPN Lafayette, Scott Prather, Norman Locke, Dr. Brian Maggard, our guest, Louisiana Raging Cajun Director of Athletics. Um, formerly, I think the title is Vice President of Intercollegiate Athletics. There you go. Got it. Well done. All these titles. Well done. I mean, I just, <laughs> well done. It's going to roll out. Some, some days I butcher it. <laughs> I, I got it that time. Um, so, Sunbelt Commissioner this week officially introducing more schools. Right. I think when they introduced Marshall, said men's soccer coming mm-hmm. back. Uh, you were at Sunbelt meetings in Atlanta this yes. week. What is the protocols if... UL was going to do something like that. I believe they have to add other sports. Is that potentially in the mix? Not for us. Uh, adding men's sports would not be in the mix at this point in time. If we were to add anything, it'd be a women's sport and something between either uh, beach volleyball or women's golf. Uh, but we're just not there yet. But again, if we were. So I've gotten people asking me about men's soccer, and that would not be on the horizon for the University of Louisiana. What was the number one topic of conversation at, at the Sunbelt meetings? Just a transition, you know, knowing that uh, James Madison will officially announce on Saturday morning. That's that's coming out. I think it's at 10 a.m. Central. Um, and then uh, we just talked about, you know, our league moving forward. We talked about timing a little bit that, you know, probably if, if everything were to work out, you know, 2023 looks to be the date. Uh, James Madison will be filing a waiver with the NC2A to allow them to, to come in in 23. Otherwise, uh, they would be in in 23 in all sports except for football, and football would start in 24. Um, I know there's an interest uh, from a couple, if not all the schools, to come in as early as 2022, um, but uh, we just haven't landed on that yet. We'll, we have an AD commissioner Zoom call next Tuesday, and okay. we'll continue to talk about all things transition from that point. But that's what consumed the, the meetings for the most part. 
this, the Colonial Athletic Association, where James Madison currently plays, announced last night they weren't going to let them play for conference championships. And I know that doesn't really have anything to do with the Sun Belt, aside from James Madison leaving the Sun Belt is the reason why. But that is uh, that's garbage. Yeah, it's that's, uh, that's, it's disappointing because, you know, at the end of the day, the, the only ones that are really being punished are the student-athletes, yeah. right? And the coaches, obviously. But, um, yeah, it's... Uh, I guess, you know, decisions are made for a variety of reasons, and they've landed there as a, as a conference. And so, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that, uh, you know, some of their sport programs, particularly, you know, basketball and, and, and the spring sports, will have enough success that maybe they'll get some at-large bids, you know, in the NC2A championships. Dr. Brian Maggot, our guest. Uh, basketball, women, uh, they've, they've had exhibitions. They have one more. The men have had one at Alabama. Uh Double header at the Cajun Dome this Tuesday. Yes, seasons tipping off. How are season tickets, and and uh, how do you feel? I mean, I, I, I talked to you about the men's yeah. team a little bit. Uh, Coach Gary Broadhead squad. Look, you got Ty Ducey coming back. You got some good players coming back, but a lot of new faces mm-hmm. as well. Uh, where's the excitement level for both teams, and, and how are season tickets doing? Uh, very high in terms of the excitement level, at least for me. Um, I'm, you know, when you look at these both teams on paper, right? For sure, they they look as good, if not better, than we've ever had here. And that's, that's saying a lot because we've had some good basketball teams at, at the University of Louisiana. And then the ticket sales are, are very strong right now. So we, like I said, we ended up over 80% renewals on the men's side. Um, and, you know, we'll get into the uh, single game sales here very soon. And, and, you know, with such a long season, you know, a lot of people go the single game route because they just can't commit to, you know, 15 home games or whatever the case might be. So, so sales are well. Um, we had the floor refinished, so it's bright and shiny. It's laid down. It looks good. And again, I'm just looking forward to kicking off or tipping off their season, I should say, both of them, and seeing what we can do. It's going to be fun. How, uh, how do you feel about the job Lance Key did this year with soccer? You know, Lance uh, went through some growing pains. You know, he had a really young squad and a lot of new faces. And so I know certainly, um, you know, he would not be satisfied with, with the way things uh, ended up, but... I think the future is very bright. A lot of talent on that team. Um, you know, he played a lot of young women and uh, just look forward to, you know, them having the spring to develop and uh, come back next fall. But, uh, you know, they were very competitive. They played hard. You know, I never saw that team quit one time. And so I think it was just a team where, you know, you had to kind of take your lumps and, and get the experience and look forward to a more experienced and improved team next year. Christy Gray's got some fire, huh? Yeah, Volleyball she's fun. Coach. That's fun. It's fun. You know, <laughs> yeah. we need people to come out on Saturday afternoon. Kelsey Bennett, multiple time yeah. Sun Belt Conference Player of the Week. Crazy. Coco Gillette's coming in, doing a great job as a as a newcomer, and uh, you know, yeah, she's done a great job. We're uh, and we still have a chance to win the West. You know, if we can win out, we have uh, Monroe on Saturday, then we host the two Texas schools the following weekend, and you know, you don't want to look past anybody, but uh, if you could win out then I believe we clinched the West and would have the uh, a West Division title as well as um, have a number one seed in that tournament. Dr. Brian Maggard, our guest. All right, only uh, one more for you. Circling back to Sunbelt meetings, it, it seems like in terms of a number standpoint and what the conference is adding in the four new members, uh, whether it be 2022, 2023, 2024, when it's all said and done, was there any discussion about more additions potentially or – Pretty much the focus is just these four. We talked about it. You know, we talked about, you know, potentially two more, 
you know, to get to 16. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, where we landed, though, is everybody had a real strong comfort level to just let's let the dust settle with these four new ones and, and just kind of see how that transition goes. And at the end of the day, if it does make sense, it'd have to make sense uh, to add a couple more, uh, then let's have those conversations. But we did talk about it, yes. I mean, I remember when the, the conference realignment stuff began to sort of trickle down after I think Texas and Oklahoma said, we're going to move the SEC. And then you saw different conferences respond differently mm-hmm. as the Big 12 made a move. And you said on this show, Sunbelt's unified. Um, some conferences, they've been hit pretty hard through mm-hmm. this thing. The Sunbelt is one of the conferences that it seems like once the dust settled is going to be stronger. You can't say that for every conference during this move of conference realignment. But I think there's some you can easily point to and say, oh, it's stronger in the Sun Belt. I think one. so. I agree 100%. I feel like, uh, you know, our fan bases feel that way. I think the sport writers feel that way. I think college sports across the country, you know, would share that same sentiment. Now I have a, a rivalry in my household. My my uh, girlfriend graduated from Southern Miss. No kidding. Yes, there you go. That's going to be fun. a house divided. It's going to be good. <laughs> you know, and, you know, that's one thing we're really proud of is, you know, we, we feel like we, we added programs that, that have fan bases, and that's really important. You know, Southern Miss, our conversations, one, it just made sense regionally, right? Geographically, they're, right. they're too close not to, to be in our league with not just us, but with Troy and South Al. They're perfect. Right? It's perfect. But, but they've got a great fan base, and they travel. They do. You know, so I'm looking forward to, you know, football games and, and basketball games and, and baseball, and so, you know, here, because they'll bring people, and that, that helps your gate, and... You know, Marshall or App State's going to experience that with Marshall. I guarantee it. And ODU and JMU, I believe. But, uh, no, we, we just feel like we, we hit the ball out of the park, so to speak, with regards to quality brands with established fan bases. One more time, Dr. Maggard. Tonight, Military Appreciation Night game. Uh, wear black. Yes. 6.30 kickoff. Gates at Cajun Field are opening in five minutes. So feel free to go tailgate all day if you can. Um, bring the crowd tonight. Homecoming, you're coming yeah. off the best crowd of the Napier era, just in terms of, I mean, with respect to Texas State, there were probably 100 Bobcats fans there. That right. crowd was, <laughs> you could look at some of the biggest crowds in Cajun Field history, and some of them you could say, oh, well, that team brought a lot. Right. That was, that one on Saturday, that, that was, was all us. It was, was all us. You know, so, so I had a chance to talk to Coach Spav as he was walking off the field, and he was just complimenting us on the environment. He said yeah. it was tough, it was fun. To State, yeah. And um, so, yeah, and we need the students to show up. We need a big rowdy crowd behind that Georgia State bench tonight. That'll that'll make a huge difference, I promise you. Dr. Brian Maggard has been our guest here on ESPN Lafayette. Thank you, Dr. Maggard. We'll uh, we'll see you at a Cajun field tonight. Let's go. Go Cajuns. We're black. All right. That is Dr. Maggard. When we come back, Norm and I will jump into more of the breakdown of tonight's matchup between the Cajuns and Georgia State. The Saints quarterback situation, which Norman just keeps smiling about for some reason. Uh, Mr. Cowboys fan over there. We got a lot to dive into. Don't go anywhere. This is ESPN Live. He had the best ticket in sports. I'm Scott Best Norm. We're back after this. Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prather. Steal a show. On ESPN 1420 and ESPN1420.com. everybody welcome in uh the great scott show espn lafayette 103.3 on the fm 1420 on the am streaming worldwide 
We were talking about the University of Texas during the break. We we somehow we started talking about Gary Patterson stepping down at TCU, and it somehow bled over to Texas because you jinxed him. That's what it was. I jinxed Gary jinxed Patterson. Him. Talked about how there aren't any long tender ten year plus head coaches in the in collegiate football anymore. And you're like, oh yeah, and then boom, a week later he's done. He's on his own. He's like, I'm out. Sorry guys. Well, speaking of Texas. Um, did you see the story this week about their special teams coach, Jeff Banks? No, I missed that one. Oh, it's hard to keep up with anything. Put on, put on a seatbelt. Okay. Because this, this is rich. And I, I was like, yeah, I think I'm gonna wait till Norm gets in to talk about it. (laughs) So Jeff Banks, um, allegedly, even though there is tons of evidence online that proves it all. Allegedly. On Sunday night, at his home, a trick-or-treater was bitten by a monkey. And reportedly, it was so bad that the monkey's mouth had to be pried off of this kid's arm, and the kid was hospitalized. It's a hard bite. Okay, all right. Okay. All right. Uh, And and it's not going to be funny if that's the start of Outbreak 2. Okay. But yeah. a planet of apes. I've seen there's that movie. more. <laughs> I've seen that but movie. wait, there's more, Norm. So the monkey uh that attacked and seriously hurt a young trick or treater, whose the monkey's jaws had to apparently be pried off of a small child, according to sports photographer and Houston native uh Tom Campbell. Okay. Um the monkey belongs to Coach Banks's girlfriend. His girlfriend, who he left his wife and children for, Mm. his girlfriend, who goes by the handle and surname of Pole Assassin. I'll give you uh, one one guess as to what her line of work is. She kills poles. She's a pole murderer. Danielle Thomas, apparently a former exotic dancer who once even appeared on the Jerry Springer show, to perform her act where she uses famous. yes a pet monkey named Gia as part of her act Thomas says no the monkey is my emotional support animal okay. but yes the monkey is part of the 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 act uh, um well, how do you even get a pet monkey i guess you probably have to file for support emotional support animal I don't know. I don't know what the, look. It's Texas. Who knows what the pet? Yeah, balls yeah are and there. see, and this is wild. And this is another week of wild monkey stories because there's a um, a artist named Young Blue, right, Scott? And you you started off with this monkey story. So he bought a pet emotional support monkey. Uh, I don't know the the type of monkey these monkeys are, uh-huh. but the person who sold him the pet support, I mean, you know, emotional support monkey, turned out to be a bamboo. <laughs> <laughs> and he had to turn it into the wildlife fishery of yeah, the people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had to turn it into. He had to turn in the monkey. He had to turn in the, the baboon. The baboon, sorry, the baboon. <laughs> the baboon. The, the red behind. The, with the red behind. I was like, I, I, you didn't you didn't notice it? I, same line like these trick-or-treaters. Are you petting a monkey? I'm not petting a monkey that's not like in a, I'm not touching a monkey. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm, I, it's just certain, some certain animals that's not caged. I wouldn't pet even a pig, Scott. I'm like, how people just have like pigs run around on their ranch or something. I'm not touching it. I'm not, I just, I don't know. I'm scared. 
Well, yeah, I wouldn't go mess with a monkey. I'm but, scared um, to touch a horse. I really feel like a horse. A, a, man, horses are big. Horses are big. Whew. The pole assassin uh, <laughs> who has since deleted her Twitter account in the wake of Monkey Gate uh, had originally tweeted some videos and in response to this. She built a haunted house maze at her house. She <laughs> tweeted out, hey, neighbors, I built a haunted house. I'm welcoming all kids this Sunday from 7 to 9.30 p.m. Adults are welcome to come tonight. They're a party from 7 to 11 p.m. Swing by. Um, so then she had a video where she, like, went through her backyard through the maze showing, like, the monkey wasn't here. So the only way that she would have bitten uh, – bitten a child as if the child went somewhere they they shouldn't have and like put their hand out um she ended up deleting it all because you know you invited people to your house and had children go in a haunted house in a maze and a kid came out with a monkey attached to his jaws i'm sure was screaming uh anyway the uh the longhorns have not uh released a comment regarding this story uh, oh no, man! There's plenty. So, <laughs> there's plenty on the internet about monkey. Gate. Scott, has the monkey been arrested for assault? I I, I think she's. Uh, has, I, I don't know. Or perhaps <laughs> allegedly. Perhaps. I need to see. I need she's to just see. worried right now that 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 the the authorities are going to come take her monkey away. No, no, that's all it is. Uh, I can't I can't assume that that monkey was cheap. If she if she's smart, she she left town with the monkey for a while. She left the country the, with the monkey. <laughs> the mafia's like, hey, get out of here. Wait till things die down. Come back later. Bruh. Too much heat right now around Monkey Gate. Way too much heat. Way too much heat. Bro, this is wild. You're the one and only pole assassin. The, no, for you to refer to her as the pole that's assassin. Her, that's, that's what she refers to herself as. That's what it's, the pole assassin. She's ah, a murderer of poles. The pole assassin. <laughs> The pole assassin. So, so what makes a person an assassin? Do we can we get a definition for they assassin? Kill po- they kill things for for payment. Okay, okay, okay. Or 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 a silent is now, an assassin. It's some, kind of, it's some kind of payment. So it could be maybe you're just like driven by something far politically a certain way, or maybe it's a it's a religious thing. Like the payment, you might be an assassin, but the payment for you is some something. Not necessarily based in money, but you're doing it. You're not doing it because you're like a psychopath. Okay, you're doing it because you. I got the. Definition. It's a very specific person you have to take out for uh, for some kind of payment, whether it be emotional or whether it just be literal. Hey, pay me, pay me my money. Now, see, but I, I have the literal definition right. of assassin. Right. I probably butchered it. A murderer of an important person in a surprise attack for political or religious reasons. There you go. So if she's a pole assassin, the pole is an important person. <laughs> the pole is either political or religious important person. Distracts the pole with the monkey and then bam, boom. What do you think she kills the pole with? Uh, I, I think it's um, suffocation. <laughs> I think suffocation is is the the method used uh, by her. Suffic- uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Asphyxiated. Asphy- yeah, asphy- asphyxiation <laughs> of the lungs. <laughs> oh man! Pole assassin with the monkey. Hey man, it's Thursday. <laughs> you know who needs to be? Who needs to uh, talk to this pole assassin? And maybe she can get him freed because uh, Odell Beckham. Man, 
What is your take on, I mean, late before the trade deadline ended, I saw some Saints fans was angry because the Saints didn't try to. You can't, you can't pick up that salary. Now, the, I, I think they probably made a call and said, hey, what could we give you, but you're picking up the majority of this $8.1 million salary this year. And they probably asked for a lot because you want us to take the salary. You better give us a second or third. And they were like, okay, we're not doing that. No. I mean, so his dad made a video and showed him open at times. I think that was the worst. We can can find, I guarantee you, even as bad as some of the Saints receivers are, if I tried hard enough, I could probably find some videos of like Lil Jordan Humphrey open on some plays. No, I could find whatever quarterback it is, Scott, I can find plays of wide receivers open. We don't know what was his first read. We didn't know if this was a hot route. We don't, there's so much to go into breaking down film. And for Odell Beckham's father to take a video of a YouTube that some fan who's probably an Odell Beckham stan or a Browns hater that put up there and, and say all these things, I'm a father first, um, I love my twin, free him, all kind of stuff. I'm just like, bro. And Odell, you could have easily text your pops and be like, take this down. But you didn't. You left it up there because you thought, oh, if my dad does this and, and uh, LeBron James tweets free me, the Browns are just going to trade me or cut me. No, 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 no. It doesn't work that way. And then the biggest thing to me is what it, Odell needs a fit. And I'm fussing with different fans on Twitter because they're like, Norm, how you hate Odell? Baker's not good. Baker's not. I was like, okay, I agree. Baker's not one of the best quarterbacks. No, nah, he's not good. But he's average. Y'all are basically telling me Odell Beckham needs a top five quarterback. When there's multiple cases of wide receivers that have great careers, Without a top five quarterback. I mean, my goodness, Andre Johnson will go in the Hall of Fame. Hopkins played with so many different wide receiver uh, quarterbacks before both linking up with Kyler Murray. Yeah, those we both went to Texas. But yeah, receivers, like, but yeah, like come on, like Calvin Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald, like come on, Anquan Bolden, like uh, like come on. There's Outside multiple. of Kurt Warner, look at the guys that threw him footballs in Arizona. So there are multiple receivers. Even Michael Thomas played with three different quarterbacks in one season. Passes from Teddy and Taysom. So a wide receiver, I can understand, a great quarterback can make an okay wide receiver great. But a great wide receiver is supposed to be great no matter who's throwing him the football. Odell is somehow still overrated, even though he hasn't, like, you would think at this point, I mean, he's not, he's, he's not bad. He's, no, he's I'm not, not bad. I'm he's not bad. He's bad. But this idea that he's this top five talented receiver, he has not been that in like four no. to five years. And then, again, I'm going backtracking, backtracking. People like, and then I'm seeing, oh, the Saints can use him. Right. Because it's so much of an upgrade to go from Baker Mayfield to Trevor Simeon and Taysom Hill. No, the Hill. upgrade would be going from, you know, like. Lil Jordan Humphrey to Odell Beckham. Yeah, that's the upgrade. But you're not. So, but he, I he's not going to go in and light it up. Yeah. So I'm sitting you there know, like, okay, help. I pulled up the list of 32 teams, 32 quarterbacks. Scott, there's literally maybe four teams that Odell can go to that has the money and a need at wide receiver. Literally everything else, all these people who still think Odell's elite, they'll still be upset with. Send them to Kirk Cousins. Guess what? Guess what? You have your agent tweeting out. Oh, yeah, this guy it has to end, just like Adam Thielen, just like Stephon Diggs. Okay, send him to a young guy, Daniel Jones, Jalen Hurts. Oh, yeah, no, those are only good quarterbacks. Okay, so just tell me you want him to go to Aaron Rodgers. He can't go to Tom Brady. He has a plethora of receivers. 
Can't go to Dallas. Where, where else is he going to go? He going to go to the Bills? Oh, no. They got wide receivers. They're good. Yeah, they're good. They don't need you. You got to go to a bad team with salary cap. Yeah, going to the Rams, they got receivers. Where are you going, Odell? The Raiders. And there's Raiders. dysfunction. The Raiders. That was, that'd be the only one that would make sense. I thought Raiders, uh, Ravens, but they don't have the money, and Packers, but they, can't, they couldn't trade any of the wide receivers because they're still on COVID protocol. They, um, <laughs> so, it, it, everyone will say, look, Cleveland, if, if Cleveland's just going to sit them, they should have done something. Get something for nothing. Yeah. I mean, or get, get, get at least a little something rather than nothing. That's what I meant to say. They still should have. But this is Cleveland. I mean, Cleveland, you know, they've, they've done things like forgot to, you know, file the paperwork to complete a trade before and lost out. They've, they've, they've turned in cards late in the draft. I mean, it's Cleveland. So why wouldn't Cleveland do it? Well, you, you're talking about the Browns. We're talking about that organization. That's why. And this isn't, I remember in like 2003. The Bucks sent Keyshawn home for the season, and he was a a lot like Odell in terms of at least of that era. Like it's, it's an uncle, right? Uh, Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas. But Keyshawn was like major headlines when he got traded. It was a big deal. Not many receivers at all back then had numbers in the teens, so his nineteen it always stood out. He wrote a book called Throw Me the Damn Ball, which was a terrible book, but he wrote it as a rookie. He was the number one overall pick. He played in a big market in New York. Then he goes to Tampa. Like, he had a lot of the attention around him. Odell's a, a different personality, but just in terms of the media coverage. But it was like after the trade deadline, they're like, okay, go home. Like, there wasn't even any talk. This is not that. This was a situation where if you're just going to, if the guy wants to practice and you're going to say you're not allowed here, like, well, Scott, do, 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 if you have to pay a salary, most of it, to get them out, and you can get like a fifth for a, anything, like why? Scott, why after that day that happened yesterday with LeBron James coming out and tweeting, his father coming out and tweeting the whole day, I'm that, not letting him come to, that's, to that's practice. Your, I think you're right. I think it, well, I, it might maybe because you need to talk to the off. team. You need to talk. You need to talk to Baker. You need to talk to your quarterback because they, he said all this. But well, how do you know he hasn't? No, true. True, but Baker has come out to say I, mean, I, I forget the, the the right quote of his statements. Baker Mayfield, but 2019, Jarvis Landry made a Pro Bowl with Baker Mayfield. Odell had a thousand yards before he got injured. Uh, this is a run based team, and they're ready to come out to say that Baker's shoulder is messed up. What more do you want? Uh, you, you know what you want? You want to go play with Trevor Simeon. That's 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 literally you want to go play with Daniel Dimes. Like that's what you want, Odell, because you're not getting Aaron Rodgers, bro. You're he not just getting... wants to get. I think he... you wanted to go there. That's the biggest thing. Like he I want to play with my get, brother. He just wants to get out of Cleveland. Now he just really, really he wants to, to get. get out of he wants to get out of New York. Oh yes, Eli holding me back. Go with Baker. Have a good year. Your first year with them. Then you kept getting injured, and then now Baker's the problem. Baker wasn't the problem when you wanted to go play with him. You want to go play with Jarvis Landry, your brother, and Baker. Well, Jarvis ain't complaining. That's how I look at it. It's like, okay, if Jarvis, if Jarvis has had to deal with Baker Mayfield for the four years of Baker and doesn't come out and complain and has become has gotten paid and everything, Odell, what do you, what do you, t- what? I like, come on, Odell, you, 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 you're supposed to be for the kids and the kids look up to you still to even not producing. Yeah, they love Odell. Come on, Odell. You you doing you doing this wrong? Being in New York, 
the greatest one-handed catch we've ever seen. 2016. Cover of Madden. That created... Head and shoulders commercial. That, that created an image of Odell that was larger than Odell. Yes, it was. You can't... You, 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 when you be... Like, Curry lives up to the image where all these kids... All they want to do is shoot threes now. Yes, That's Curry. Do. All the kids suddenly... It was all one-handed catches. It was Odell. Odell, one of the highest-selling jerseys in the league... Multiple years, even years he got, got hurt. The blind patch, because they want of the blind, the, the one-handed catch. grab. And while all these kids were doing it, it wasn't like Steph, where he's still doing amazing things on the court. It was like, oh, Dell's not even out there, but all the kids still wanted to do it. But this, it almost created a facade. You no, know, you know why it was this facade, Scott? I'm gonna look in your eyes and tell you this: they lost that game. Nobody even remembers. <laughs> that. <laughs> I Nobody got, even remembers that's, that. That's game. how big of a facade it was. They lost. They lost. Losers. Like, they lost. But it was about the catch. Greatest catch ever. It was. I mean, come on, dude. It was a sick catch. No, it was a sick I catch. Mean, I still don't know how he did that. But, man, like, the Nene, that catch, the, the blind twisties, that's always 2016. It's 2021. It's been, it's been a minute. He's been through injuries. The name and the contract is bigger than what anyone wants. And yeah, they could cut him, and then he probably would clear waivers. What team's going to be like? Cool, we're going to pay eight point one million. We're going to pay the rest of the salary now. Nobody. There's some. There's two more years left on it that are big years, but there's an out in the contract. So really, you could get him for the rest of the season. But no, I think eight if they million. released, if they released him, he'd clear waivers, and someone would sign him. Yeah. And 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 look, I mean, I'm sure <laughs> the Saints are seven hundred and ten above the cap. I'm sure a team could offer more than that. He goes somewhere. Um, he'd sign somewhere and he'd get a little bit of money and he'd bring a lot of media attention with him and he'd probably just be okay. Okay. He'd be okay. Because that's all he is right now as a receiver. He's okay. Slightly above average. Good, A good number two receiver. A good number two receiver. He's that's not even a number one receiver anymore. No. Hasn't been for a few years now. And and I'm okay with that. I just I want to see when the fan bases of Odell Beckham is going to be. LSU f- fans... Well, well, Beckham fans, LSU or not Beckham fans, they'll always, they're they'll always just stands. And and to your point, Baker said uh, he has not heard from OBJ. Yeah, and 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 kind of come on, bro. Your dad is going viral. You have the biggest athlete to ever come out of Ohio tweeting, "Free you from me," and uh, and and then next day, you know. If we end up in an AFC championship or whatever, LeBron's going to be coming trying to dap me up. Like, what's up, Baker? What's up? My guy. No, 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 Dell. You, you got to come talk to me, bro. You got to come yeah. talk to me. Baker's like, uh, no, I don't have anything against him. I'm not trying to keep him from shining. I've had conversations with his dad face-to-face. I, It's been fine, so I don't really know what's happening here. And then you had Brown's players go like the post. This is this is not good for the locker room, especially when a guy like Baker Mayfield is trying to get paid, Scott. Like I, again, he's not good, but everybody gets paid. He's pedestrian. He's pedestrian. That's the word for big. big he's pedestrian. Pedestrian. Pedestrian Mayfield. But they have had worse quarterbacks get paid. So That's, look, Carson Wentz, man. Not, look, Carson Wentz, man. Carson Wentz got paid a lot. And that's another, that's another team that I said I, I would like to have seen Odell go to the coach, but then everybody again, how good is Carson Wentz? Oh, you want a lateral movement? He actually, yeah, actually, no. He not that Carson Wentz is good, but Odell would have fit 
He would. He would fit. But the Colts. Yeah, but he'd, he'd, he'd fit pretty. Everyone good. wants to pair him with a top five quarterback. Well, Odell's know, not a top five. But to your point, it's like, why don't you put him in Green Bay and see what he does? Yeah, I bet he would do pretty good. <laughs> Like Drew Brees in his prime, where he can make anyone look good. Oh, bet if you put him there, you yeah, you know what? He probably, he probably would. He probably would look better yeah. than if he was playing with this bad quarterback. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Put him with Tom. Okay. Well, so what's your point? Exactly. What's your What's your point exactly? Put him with a top five quarterback and get because guess what? All the top five quarterbacks they have number one wide receivers who are doing pretty well. <laughs> Send him to Pittsburgh. Hey. Big Ben would just throw it up. And then he'd be hurt two games later because Big Ben throw the ball 50 times a Big game. Ben, Big Ben is the biggest procrastinator ever. <laughs> I feel like everything in life, he's like, we'll just worry about it later. Um, if they're down by like four, it's, it's fine, guys. We'll it's figure fine, it out. It's fine, it's fine. All right, don't you want to like going. get the play, but we'll, we'll figure it out out there. We'll figure it out. I'll get it going. We'll just, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll send a PDF. We'll do it later. We'll get to it. <laughs> don't you get like he's, he's procrastination as a football. Now, look. A lot of procrastinators have still made four O's and been good students. I'm not saying Ben currently is a four O quarterback. He's not. No, no. But he's had a very good career and he's always just been a procrastinator. No, yes. It catches up to you when your physical skills See, what, start to deteriorate. Ten seconds left bit. on that play clock? All right, all right. Come on. Hurry, 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 hurry up. All right. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get Norm to give his honest take on if Trevor Simeon starts the rest of the games or if Taysom Hill starts the rest of the games at quarterback, what the Saints' final record will be at the end of the regular season. I'm ready. Are you? Were you about to say five and twelve? Or are you gonna be you gonna take this assignment serious? Or are you gonna procrastinate like Big Ben? Is big? Oh, all right. Don't go anywhere. ESPN Live Viet Scott Bray of the Norman Lock. We're back after this. Welcome back, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Scott Prather, Norman Locke. We can open up phone lines, 269-1077. All right. Taysom Hill returned to practice yesterday, albeit limited. There are three phases of concussion protocol. The fact that he was a limited participant in full means he probably hasn't cleared every phase yet. One of the phases is you're allowed to start doing 30 minutes of physical activity and practice. And I think what that's going to do, Norm, is allow Sean Payton and out to basically make a game plan around Trevor Simeon and see how he does. We could game plan, play a team. This is different than last week where you just got thrown in where all things considered, for just getting thrown in, I mean, he did better than Jameis did last year and Teddy did in 2018 when they got thrown in for being injured. Uh, the flip side of that is now a team can prepare accordingly knowing that he's going to play and he loves to use the short to intermediate part of the field. Doesn't go down the field much. Teams are going to play different, albeit as to Falcons who aren't good. But I think he's able to sort of drag this thing a little more. I think he'll probably start Simeon Sunday. I don't know if Taysom will be in his joker role or or maybe even just being inactive. Uh, they could use him in his joker role considering how many 
weapons they lack right now in that offense. And then I think maybe next week before the Titans game, he'll make a decision based on what he sees this Sunday. Um, Let's say Saints have 10 games left. Okay. Let's say Simeon starts 10 games. What's probably going to happen is they probably are going to get hurt. Every single player. That's just how the season is going for the Saints. In the NFL. Um, um, who's lost two quarterbacks? Two quarterbacks? And and had a Hall of Famer that retired before the season. Yeah, no. I don't know. Okay. But, but you, right. you have had Derrick Henry. You've had um, Hunter just got hurt. You got... Michael Thomas, you got Henry. You never Rose, had you got, Michael Thomas. You never had Michael Thomas. Yeah. No, look, this, the fact that the Saints are five and two is really impressive to me. I would not have predicted that if you had given me all of the information. I got one stat for you before we get into this. Dakota Prescott has more regular season receiving touchdowns in two seasons than Michael Thomas. I continue. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the uh, ten games left. Okay, Falcons are on there twice. Panthers are on there. Dolphins are on there. Jets are on there. Titans on the road. Bills, Cowboys, at the Bucks. Uh, and I think a game at the Eagles. Not in that order, but those are your 10 games remaining. If Trevor starts every game, what is the Saints record at the end of the season in your mind? Saints, in the 10 games that's left, Saints go 4-6. and six. What if Taysom Hill is the starter at quarterback? For these 10 remaining games? I still say 4 and 6. I still feel, I still okay. say 4 and 6. I feel I, like, I'm going to say 4 and 6 if it's Taysom. I'm going to say 5 and 5 if it's Simeon. Reason why I'm I'm even with it, just because I think the game plan with both doesn't change because it's going to be the short and intermediate throws for both quarterbacks. It's just that Taysom has a different element with being able to run but the problem is when he's the quarterback, he doesn't know when to. When that's the pro- if he did, he would be a great backup. Yeah, yeah. But he doesn't know when to run. He doesn't have that. His football instincts are great when he's not playing quarterback. Correct, correct. And I just see that you know the defense has been playing well. Sean is going to keep it the the short to intermediate throws. Now with Taysom, he does have a, a bigger arm than Trevor Simeon, but we know that ball flutters once it starts getting over thirty five yards. We know that this start turned to a little duck. But I don't think the game plan changes much. It's going to be a lot of screens with with you know AK is yeah. going to be a lot of running the football now that he got Mark Ingram back. I say Saints twenty five carries. A game between the two of those guys, maybe even 30, 35. Eat them. And they're going to keep the attempts. If Jameis was on a pitch count up until the last two games with 35 attempts, hey, man, we we might not see more than 25 attempts. Guys. You had the threat of a deep ball with Jameis. You also saw some improvement from Jameis. Um, I, fe- I genuinely feel really, really bad for Jameis. I really, really feel bad for Jameis. Guy. Like, when I f- immediately saw the tackle, I knew some type of injury was happening. Um, when I saw the post game, him that cast, I knew it was over with. No, that's the, the, the I told my ACL cast. I yeah. mean, once he was getting carted out of there, and the guys were in the tent, and it was, they said questionable return. I'm like, questionable return next year. Yeah, it that was that, was, that was that was. See, that's what put me on a pause when they say like, questionable to return. Like, I was, I was like, if I was Trigman right now, I'd say I would on the broadcast say there is no way he's, he's returning. returning. Yeah, no, that's yeah. not true. Um, he, he's. He might not play for the Saints again. He mm-hmm. might. 
they might bring him back. But the sad reality is that might be his last play as a Saint. Because he's going to miss the beginning of next season. Maybe. So Maybe. it doesn't make sense He's to, to re-sign him. You know, he's going to look for a long-term deal. doesn't make sense when he's going to miss, you know, roughly maybe the beginning of the season so it sucks I, I really did like Jameis with this fit I don't I really like Jameis and Teddy's fit with New Orleans the culture they 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 welcome the city you know this is what I when we was talking about with Pelicans and Pelicans players when a player welcomes New Orleans and the culture and assimilates it shows it's like James was a backup last year, but then now it's like you can, he can go in any bar in New Orleans and get a drink. What did he say after? What did the one thing he tweeted after the game? Who that? Who, he With can the go, Florida Lee. That was it. It wasn't you know. It wasn't about the interview. Teddy just, is yeah. is good in New Orleans forever. He didn't even like you say he played a couple games, but played, Teddy he started six games. In his six New games, career. and Teddy Bridgewater could go right now mm-hmm. to any hole in the wall in New Orleans, and they're gonna treat him like a king. Mm-hmm. He could be the he could be Zulu Paul King if need be, but don't let they, don't let Anthony Davis or JJ really go back. Teddy walk in like he did behind that. Said, a, hey, high school game. And look at the look at what the fans, how much the fans love Mark Ingram coming back. You know, like I say, if you assimilate awesome. to the culture. Of the New Orleans Saints or New Orleans sports, period. The city's gonna give you back the love. I'm man. gonna say ten and seven, which I can't believe I'm saying that. But if Simeon starts, because give me the five games, give me those five games. Well, you got Atlanta twice. You got Carolina. You got the Jets. You got the Dolphins. All of them are bad. They'll win four of those five. They'll mm-hmm. lose one of them. And then of the other game, I mean, the, the Eagles. They'll probably lose. It's at Philly. Between the Eagles, Titans, Bucks, Cowboys, Bills, like there's going to be a game they're not favored in that they're going to win. And there are going to be other games where they're a slight favorite. A lot of the games will be close, but that defense is really good. The special teams is really good. And, um, yeah, I think I think you finish 500. The team gets in the playoffs this year with that roster. Well you're done. You're going to keep letting Sean Payton pee on you. Well done. Pee on Take, me. That's disgusting. What are you talking about? Uh, you know, that's, that was my running point. Pee on me. Yeah, Champagne's been Why peeing you on up gold. What? What? Champagne's been sick. Champagne's been peeing on the fans and telling them it's rain. What are you talking about? Because uh, all you're going to say, people are going to say, oh, Champagne, masterful crafting this roster, making it to the play. No, I, I think making playoffs with that roster is what's impressive. Uh, I don't know, bro. I don't know if I'm ready to give that up to Sean. I don't know. You would not say that he's been doing it, aside from the Giants game. You would not say he's been doing a great job this year? No. I, I, the roster moves, me? I just feel like it's just been, it's been okay. It's been okay. It's been okay, Scott. Mm-mm. No, you're okay. Wrong. All right, let's let's head to the phone lines. Lines are lit up. Two six nine ten seventy seven. Hello. Morning, gentlemen. How y'all doing? What's Good. up? All right. Now, gotta start. I'm gonna tell you why I'm gonna say what I'm gonna say, but I'm disappointed in you, Scott. You see, you put the word honesty with a cowboy fan, especially with the Saints. You know that is not gonna happen. Well, I didn't say he was really? gonna be honest. I asked him to be honest. I mean, I you, but know. you put the word with it. Okay. This All right, fair enough, fair enough. You know, you're right. You're right. I'm this, sorry. That's why you came. One, they think it was a catch by day still today. They're delusional. Every year they think they're going to win the Super Bowl. They're delusional. Did you hear that man answer about I was saying? Facts. He's not being honest. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a better record than that. Even with, I think Trevor is going to, Sean Payton going to do something 
okay with him to get us in the playoff. That's my belief. I think we're going to do a little better than four and six. And I had us at the beginning only winning no more than six, seven games. From what I saw from this defense, I believe we're going to do better. That's just my opinion, and I finished listening. Go Saints. Thank you, thank you. So you think they're going to do better with Trevor Simeon than he did with Jameis Winston? I got you. No, he thinks they're going to go five and five with Simeon. They went five and two with Jameis Winston. No, he That's said, not better. No, no, he said preseason he didn't think they would win as many games. Right, he but he said he thinks they're going to do better than four and six down the stretch is what you said. Yeah, yeah, but That's he... That's what he said. But telling you, he's preseason, he wasn't high on the Saints. I wasn't either. But now with Trevor Simeon, it's still... It's, it's, th- not, it's, it's still, not because of Trevor Simeon. I, I, it's I, almost in spite of Trevor Simeon. It's because of the defense, norm, and special teams. Stop, stop, like you said, you're not being honest. You I'm put not words honest. in his mouth. Scott, all right, Come how do you lead this defense? Can you, give me, can you tell me how he leads this defense if they gave up how many points to Tom Brady? I mean, they, they, I mean they're fourth in the league in scoring defense. Yeah. Top 10 defense in yards allowed, and they're having to carry an offense that hasn't been exactly electric this year. So I think they're pretty good, Norm. Let's head back to the phone lines. ESPN Lafayette, good, good morning. Lee. It's two different words. Uh, I've seen enough already. I hate to say this, man, but I think um, the two teams, I know we. Not, I know you didn't ask me any of this, but the two teams is going to represent the uh, NFL and Super Bowl, the Bills versus the Cowboys. There we go. Uh, I hate to say that. I hate to say that, but... Um, go Buffalo! <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um <laughs> Hope y'all got y'all OG yeah, jerseys. I, I, I think that's I think that's what I think that's where it's headed, man. Um, the Rams. The thing about the Rams, man, Super Bowl's in Los Angeles this year. I, I don't know. I don't think the NFL is going to do that two years in a row. It depends on the, um, mm. who knows. You know, you might have a surge or two. They don't have any Rams fans. Uh, in LA. Yeah, they all just act like they're kids. <laughs> yeah. Um, nah. You know, there's more Rams fans than Chargers fans. That is that, that is that's accurate. True. That is just true anywhere, though. Yeah, I, I, that anyway. But um, Saints down the stretch, ten games left, um, four and six. Thing no, is, you know four, four and six though. with seven teams that 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 could get that might get you the seven seed in the NFL. No, 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 six and four, man. I think that there's history with him playing with backup quarterbacks in the record. Uh, that, that's why I'm basing it off of uh, his record with Bridgewater. Excuse me, and um, Hill. The last two seasons, I, I think uh, I think they're going to be okay. You know, they have the defense; uh, they're going to use the running game. Trevor Simeon was an um, above five hundred quarterback in Denver. I mean, because of the defense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a game manager, right? Serviceable. Tre- yeah. Trevor's problem is all right. You got option A, B, C, and D. If you give him time, he will make one of those options happen. If he has to make something happen out of nothing or if a play breaks down or if a guy runs the wrong route, he is not going to excel in those situations. I don't know that anyone – I mean, I guess maybe Aaron Rodgers and a few guys are good at that. But, like, he's not – that's – if a play breaks down, he breaks down. Yes, sir. So, you know, it's really about giving protection and Sean Payton developing a game plan that – He's going to be throwing the ball to Kamara a lot more than Jameis did. He's going to be throwing of the dink, ball to lot Adam Trotman. A lot of dinks and dumps. Juan Johnson and Alvin Kamara. And guess what? That's all getting shut down yeah. when you play a good defense. I so, heard someone say, you know, 
Tampa's a good uh, let's defense. get Deshaun. Let's get Deshaun Jackson. He only played half. Deshaun Jackson's a deep threat. Like Simeon's not going to be able to give him the ball. Yeah, like no. That. Deshaun Jackson would make no yeah. sense for the Saints roster right now. You have a deep yeah, threat, Deontay Harris, and to your point. That's not Simeon's game. Like no. Deshaun's thirty-four, and all he can do at this point in his career is just go deep, go deep. No, you no, need the thing with, you need the, route the, runners between yeah. sure-handed pass catchers. <laughs> oh, that's well, that's Kevin White, all right. <laughs> Sorry. And like you said, with Harris, the thing with Harris, hopefully, like you said, catch him in stride. Yeah, you need know, him. Catch him man off guard. Catch him in stride, and he just uses speed to take him to the house. But yeah. Um, so no wildcat formation with uh, Trevor Simeon and, and Taysom Hill? No, oh, Sean Payton's Taysom, Taysom will probably run something. He'll still do. If Trevor starts, they'll still give Taysom probably like seven or eight He probably was a, bit, a pretty I, bad I think, this is, too, I, I think this was Taysom Hill last year in the league. I, I just, in the I'll league? Just, man, that concussion was pretty yeah. bad. Three weeks for a concussion? And you, but are you basing uh, that I off think, his play or off the injury? Injuries. Okay. Yeah. I think um, one more, he's out. Like... That concussion was brutal. That's what I, three weeks, bro. Dan, Daniel Jones was woozy walking away, and he, he got back in. And for for Taysom to take three weeks off, I knew that concussion. Had he's to still bad. limited, which means he, had, you know, he's just starting to clear protocol. But there are three different phases of it, so he's still got a ways to go. All right, thank you. Thank you. Let's take one more before the break. ESPN Lafayette. Good morning. Good morning. How y'all doing? Sup. No, why are you feeling today, man? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Zubrin. Cowboys well, I'm playing pretty, I'm pretty sure. Hey, uh, Lord, here we go. You ain't no Cowboys fan for real. You just say that. Oh, really? Hey, you don't know, think I'm Mike, I'm Mike Thomas going to play again for the Saints or what? Going forward, make sure you're going to be on? I think he's going to be a Philadelphia Eagle. I think he's probably... Because we got to start doing I, something I, about I, the receiver core. I think he probably... I'm not saying I would I would put the odds at seventy thirty that he's gone next year and he's playing somewhere else. First round pick or you think just cut? No, I think I think they cut him because there's a there's a clause in the contract. You cut him after June first, it will cause you some dead money on the cap, but not nearly as much as if it's before June first or he gets locked into the next league year in terms of like uh, game day active roster when week one starts. So I think at some point this summer, I don't uh Maybe a team trades him. Tough, man. Maybe a team trades, but but if you trade for him, there's also a clause in there where I believe it impacts the cap too. So, yeah, he's either on the team next year or he's cut June one. It's a great run. Yeah, we got to start looking. Yeah, start looking for some um, another receiver and stuff or whatever. If he's going, so who's going to be receivers. all the guys? Hey. He's got to look for a lot of. Receivers. He's been kicking the can down the road right. for a long time. Now they now it's coming up. It's coming up in the road. Yeah, I mean. Long enough, anyway, but we got to replace him, man. You know, yeah. if you want to go forward with a new quarterback, whoever that's going to be, James, or whoever that's going to be. The wide receivers, the cornerback, another tight end, also. Still winning, which is. The lineman. Another tight end, also. But then we can use another tight end? Draft one or sign one? The yeah, Saints can use a lot, but. Saints can use a lot. But right now. This is what you got. Yeah, right this now, season is what you got. So yeah, roll with the fixer flag. Enjoy, the, enjoy the ride. I think with the, enjoy the ride. I think the ten games. I think it's possible to go five and five, six and four. Might I happen. really think so because, like, uh, like Jay said, I kind of look at the history of the back of quarterbacks Peyton play with. He always get these guys to come in and play good spot duty. You know, it's a lot more fun when you're rebuilding and still winning games, unlike most franchises. Yeah, you know. So we'll see what we can do. You say that's fun. 
Yeah, when you're winning. Oh, yeah. Rebuilding at 3-14 and 14 is miserable. Yeah. That's yeah. easier. No, hey, man. I mean, it's no, it's not. Thank you, Ronnie. No, it's not. I, I, see, I see these absurd Saints fans out there that are like, oh, put in Ian Book. Who cares about this season? Ian what? Book? Bro, I have, I have lived through enough Saints seasons when they were terrible to tell you that when you get to like week six or seven and you're just thinking about the next year's draft, that is not fun. That's what you do when you've got nothing else. Like, okay, well, they have this rookie. I hope he has a good game today for my fantasy team, even though I know my team's going to lose by three touchdowns on our coach's crap. Please, guys. Yes, it's this coming. is not a team that's, that's you know, primed for a Super Bowl run. It doesn't mean you can't have fun. The fact that they're winning is fun. Scott, I, I, I truly hope the Saints win four out these next couple games because if they don't, it's going to be too easy for me. Because like I said, I'm not getting no calls, no texts. No mentions, no hate on these Dallas Cowboys. Wait and it's feeling real different. Wait, so till I, Wait till they play. That's going to be a wild it's Thursday night. Different. It'll be a wild Thursday night. Oh, man. Uh, you know what somebody told me, Scott? Oh, the Saints defense, so elite Dak Prescott going to throw four interceptions. I said, what do you think Taysom Hill and Trevor Simeon going to do against uh, Diggs? I don't think that any of them will throw four interceptions. Yeah, but it's just extreme. absurd that they just think, oh. You might throw, you might throw one or two. Could be, but if that's the going rate for an MVP favorite, man, I, I would hate to see what Trevor Simeon does. It's not the going rate. That's just a fan that got mad at you and said something over the top. Trevor Simeon. But you love to use one fan saying something and try to just say, oh, this is what all fans say. Come y'all on. have spokesperson for y'all Come people. On. Who's that? Whoever Norm deems necessary story. for him to make a point that he can't win when he's arguing with me. We'll be right back after this. Don't go anywhere. Hey, this is Rich Eisen, and you can hear me every day on ESPN Lafayette from noon to 3 on The Rich Eisen Show. Welcome back into ESPN Lafayette. Big thanks to Norman Locke hanging out with me on Thursday. Sunday mornings, 8 a.m., the lock-in. You've got Raging Cajun football tonight. We talked to Dr. Maggard last hour. Wear black. It's military appreciation game. Kickoff at 6.30. Pre-game at 4.30 here on ESPN 103.3 on the FM. 1420 on the AM and streaming worldwide. It is ESPN Lafayette. Pelicans are one and eight, Norm. Charles Barkley said Zion looks like Chuck says it looks like me and you, Shaq, had a baby, and that's yeah. that's that's, a, that's not a good thing. No. I, one and eight, man. One and eight. Literally there is some breakfast. Just no buzz right now with this team that's at positive at all. And, I mean, and, even even Herb Jones, who was like, all right, at least a second rounder, you can and then he gets hurt. And, and what hurts me the most is Lonzo isn't even doing that good with the Bulls. They're just winning. And then you have it's so – it's like sports center picks. Lonzo stands. 
picks like the most randomest stats. Oh, Lonzo's the first player under 23 with a triple double in the first three games on. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, bro, he on his third team. Like, I bet you he is because nobody else is 24 on their third team. If <laughs> Zion had been healthy and was playing with the team, and Ingram, who, by the way, has missed the last three games, what would this team's record be right now? If they had Zion and Ingram. 500. Healthy? Probably a game above, yeah. 500. Because, I mean, you look at the Bucks. The Bucks are 500, right? Heck of a lot better than one and eight. Yeah, one and eight's bad. Lynn, Lynn, you owe me some breakfast. I told you. told you, Pelicans. So, give me 20 games. Pelicans will be under 500. Oh, shoot. I should have gotten it. You should have gotten it. Chick-fil-A breakfast next Thursday. I'll be here. (laughs) All right. Don't go anywhere. Dan Patrick's next. What up, guys? I'm here to tell you about the DraftKings Sportsbook that's coming to Louisiana. I'm not talking about the fantasy aspect of DraftKings, which is awesome. I'm talking about the actual sports book because it won't be long until you can bet on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home and to celebrate DraftKings Sportsbook is giving customers $100 in free bets when you sign up before they go live. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook giving $100 in free bets just for signing up today. No deposit required. It's bringing their experience as a leader in daily fantasy sports to the sports betting world and have created one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, DraftKings Sportsbook. In the meantime, while they're preparing to launch the DraftKings Sportsbook in Louisiana, you can play right now for huge cash prizes with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code 1420 when you sign up. Because when you do, $100 in free bets to use on mobile sports betting in Louisiana as soon as it hits. That's code 1420 to get $100 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call one 877 stop Must be 21 or older. Louisiana only. Availability varies by parish. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for full terms and conditions.